Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. The 2020 NFL Draft is over. Uh, going forward, we don't know what's going to happen with sports, but we stay hopeful. And we'll kill time by grading drafts. It is I... Rob Paul, a.k.a. the Bill Belichick of kickers. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm freestyling these today. I forgot to read an intro. I can tell. And with me, as always, is AJ Dan Snyder. Keep that name forever. Wow. Please never freestyle again. You call was, yourself Bill Belichick and you hit me with that. Sick. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was funny, but uh, n- not how I feel. Everyone's laughing. I hope so. And laughing is the best cure. For? Come on. Uh, today, we, like I alluded to earlier in this well-written intro, we will be grading draft classes and this is the East episode. AJ, being the Eastern correspondent here, uh, will be hitting. We'll be hitting the AFC and NFC East. We'll be pairing divisions. Uh, so next week it'll be the AFC and NFC North because alphabetical. And uh, this isn't going well. So let's get into it. <laughs> no. Speaking of alphabetical, Rob. No free AFC. ads. Yeah, no ads either. AFC comes before NFC. And Buffalo comes first, and I'm closest to Buffalo. This is true. Geography. Yeah. And you'd be there right now if it weren't for the pandemic. Exactly. Yep. But I, uh, I'm going to laugh my whole way there, and uh, I got the cure, so. Uh, <laughs> this is bad show. <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Okay. So, uh, the Bills draft. They Do I have to read all the picks? Is that how we do this? I don't, I don't know. Let's just make it up. Did you even write the picks? <laughs> yeah, I, I have. Hey, I'm prepared. This is good stuff. Um, so the Buffalo Bills selected no first-round pick because they traded for Stephon Diggs. They, a. They took A.J. Epinesa in the second round, Zach Moss in the third round, Gabriel Davis in the fourth round, Jake Fromm in the fifth round, Tyler Bass in the sixth round, Isaiah Hodgins also in the sixth round, and Dane Jackson in the seventh round. Wow, I regret doing that. Now I'm going to have to do it for every team. <clears throat> no, we'll, 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 I don't know. We'll freestyle this. We'll just start at the top and work our way down. Okay. What grade are you giving the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> Wait, do we start with a grade? Or end with uh, a grade? I don't... I, I give them a solid. Not a weak, not a soft, not a medium. A solid B. Me too. Just a flat B. But a solid flat B. Now, let, let me uh, mention. You're not taking into account... That they acquired Stephon Diggs, right? We're just grading uh, the picks. I'm not. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Like, I, I, I'll probably waiver in two episodes from now and take into a trade into account or something. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear. Naturally. Um, so, yeah. But 
Would you do that trade knowing what receivers were available when the Bills would have picked? Uh, yeah, Stephon Diggs. I, I mean, I, I love Justin Jefferson, but uh, you still say Stephon uh, Diggs over him. Okay. Luckily, they had an EJ Epinesa fall into their laps at 54, and I think mm-hmm. for many, uh, he was considered a top 30 player. Um, obviously slipped because of the athleticism questions, but he kind of fell into the perfect place in Buffalo. I totally agree, and yeah, it helps that they got a guy in the second round that I uh, we both had a first round grade on, not just me. Um, I love the fit. I'm glad Epineza found a, a a good home. He's how do you think like his use is going to be what a uh, year one? I was going to say it's nice that he landed somewhere where he's not gonna have to play. Um, no, obviously they signed Mario Addison. Jerry Hughes is like an angelist wonder. So you're you're assuming week one that's your base ends. Uh, yes, I I think we're gonna see a lot of him being used as a uh, interior rusher and sub packages. Like if you are in theory your, your D lines Addison Hughes and on the inside at Oliver and Starlulele slash Harrison Phillips slash whatever nose plug guy you're, you want in a, there. It's a deep defensive. Um, line. I know, and like they they brought in Vernon Butler too, and the amount of money they gave him, you'd think he's gonna have a strong rotational role. You know what, even for that inside-outside ability, uh, Quentin Jefferson did that a lot in Seattle, too. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very, very deep line. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's it's like eight deep. Um, yeah. And, but I do think his, his initial role will be passing downs. They'll have him and Ed Oliver on the interior together, which I think is just awesome. It's nasty. Yeah, I agreed. Like, um, I, I, I don't know how much we'll see him playing base end, but the, the funny thing is, like, on rundowns, I would like you would happily have him there. Mm-hmm. So maybe almost we'll see Jerry Hughes in a reduced role midway through the season, almost being Epinesa taking over as the uh, base end with Hughes only coming in on passing downs and then kicking Epinesa inside, something like that. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see halfway, uh, three quarters of the way through the season. But I think year two, he's just fully taking Jerry Hughes's job. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the way the Panthers like to, um, the types of players the Panthers like to use at edge, which is obviously where McDermott comes from. They brought in Mario Addison from Carolina. Yes. Epinesa is built in that way where he's long, powerful, and uh, more, maybe lacks athleticism, makes up for it with his uh, his technique and his power against the mm-hmm. run. Yeah, no, for sure. I Again, Love the pick. And, yeah, it's kind of like a, a perfect fit for both sides because Epineza doesn't have to be uh, a major factor this year. And he can yeah, kind of just like, come along and it's almost put like, him in the right spot. It, it, it was like – it was a need but not a desperate need. Yeah, um, sure. And just adding more young youth talent to – like their defense is such a fun grouping of veterans and young guys. Obviously, you've got – uh, Edmonds and Matt Milano at linebacker, mm-hmm. but then like they have one of the most underrated safety duos in football, and it's just two vets that they developed in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, and like they brought in um, um, Josh Norman. I think honestly, the only question you kind of have going forward is who their number two corner is. Pretty much, but I mean, like even like we saw some flashes from Levi Wallace at times. No, too. and that's the thing we've talked about it before. Nobody is better at taking, yeah, defensive backs and making them into something. Nobody is better at that than Sean McDermott. Well, and yeah, you mentioned Poyer and uh, Hyatt. It's like 
those guys had flashes when they weren't in Buffalo, but then suddenly they go there and they're one of the best safety tandems. Yeah, especially Poyer, like, really found himself. Like, Micah Hyde was a a solid player. Yeah. Poyer, like, really found himself in Buffalo. Um, Very much so. After that, they they address some offensive needs. Uh, They they add Zach Moss, who's, I think everybody assumes, just going to step right in as that Frank Gore to Devin Singletary. I love that duo so much. <laughs> Me too. Well, it is. It's like your dream duo. <laughs> yeah. So I, super high on both of them. Um. I yeah, but they complement each other so well. And it's like, nice because it's not like Devin Singletary can't be in, like he he obviously he's small, but it's yep. like he's a effective interior runner, and Very it's not so. like Zach Moss can't catch the football. Like they both do both like the things yep. that the other does just maybe not to the exact same level. And I, I don't know, just having the the interior presence of a Zach Moss where he's just he can his contact balance is I think borderline elite, underrated pass catcher. Like he would like I had so a higher you, grade on I had a higher grade on Zach Moss coming in than I did Devin I had top one hundred on both, but I had Zach Moss top sixty. Uh, Moss was 70 for me this year. I, I think I had Singletary right around the same range. Like, so do you, do you, like, I don't think we see either of them being an 1,000-year rusher, but I do see, like, like 700 apiece feels realistic. Yeah. And, and like you kind of touched upon, um, when one of them comes off the field and the other one's in there, it's not like the defense is, it, like, automatically knows, okay, Moss is in, it's, it's a straight run up the guy. Because, right. like you said... They do the same things just in different ways, and they do them well. And like they both can catch the ball underappreciated, really. And it's like, I, like I think they're both, like they're both getting better at pass pro too. And like TJ Yeldon's a fine third back. Like that's a good yeah. Two. He, he, Yeldon can catch the ball and pass protect. Exactly. So I, I think they're they're pretty rock solid there. Like, and again, th- this was the eighty six pick. We we you had them in this in the top six. I had them seventy. So good value here too. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it, like if you're gonna if you're gonna draft running backs in the top 100, do it in this range. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and then the fourth round, they they add to the offensive again. And wide receiver wasn't a big need mm-hmm. after acquiring Stephon Diggs, obviously with John Brown and Cole Beasley. But getting, I think I don't I I didn't have Gabriel Davis this high. I know some people did. I didn't either. But I think he's a really interesting fourth option. He gives them some size that they do lack as a big downfield deep threat. And I think that's yeah. an interesting guy to have as your fourth guy for a, a big-armed quarterback like Josh Allen. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I had him, like, in the like 170-ish, I think. So, I was a bit Yeah, long. I was about there. But I, I like him a lot, and I like the fit a lot. I like, like the fit like, better than the value. Me too, yeah. So, it's like, like this, this pick individually doesn't grade out too great for me, but, like, I like it. It's funny. And like you kind of said, as a fourth guy... A bigger body and a guy that can get downfield to make plays and like a guy that you can develop and um, and, and like I, I said, I, I like, like they didn't have that type of size and if that's your fourth guy and it's not even that he's yeah. like six five, he's six two, but they have such yeah. a small group of starting receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, just to add that, and, and he's a guy who's I think at his best as a as a yeah test catch sheep. He's a lot like Traquan Smith when Traquan Smith was coming out of UCF. Yeah. Obviously, that's been up and down for the Saints. But if that's your, like if he turns into Traquan Smith as your fourth guy, I think you're pretty happy about that for sure. And like again at, at one twenty eight, uh, banking on a bit of upside, I, I like the pick. 
fifth round, they they continue to go offense. Uh, Jake Fromm, who some people th- seem to think will beat out Josh Allen. Which Wait, who? I, oh you oh okay so big media is like thinks like J- Jake Fromm is better than Josh Allen and now that's not to say I think Josh Allen's good it's just Jake Fromm is so overrated now but he went in the fifth round so I don't <laughs> understand like I I had him like about one sixty five so he went one sixty seven right about there he's gonna be a long mm-hmm. time backup but his ceiling is. So low, and his his floor is high, but his floor is his floor is his ceiling. <laughs> and this offense is built for like Jake Fromm is very much like Matt Barkley, who's already their backup. Yeah, Just, so that's the interesting thing. Like, it's like I I don't like the fit, but he fits their backup mold. So. I was gonna, like, this offense is so tailored to what Josh Allen does. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that Jake Fromm would ever overtake Josh Allen. And, the weird and for, thing is, go idea. For all his flaws, he just the the arm talent and his, his what he does as a runner is what makes the difference for this offense. Mm-hmm. And like Jake Fromm is obviously his less arm, like Jake Fromm. The most overrated thing about Jake Fromm is people act like he's really accurate. He really isn't. Like he's maybe averageish. He's yeah. he's just got a really like he's got a high IQ. He's clean mechanically. He's a pretty solid decision maker. But like it's not like he's a pinpoint accurate passer. He has a weak arm. I just I just I don't think there's any way Jake Fromm sniffs coming. Like I don't know if he beats out Matt Barkley for the QB two job. Yeah, I mean, again, I do think Jake Fromm's going to be a, a solid long term backup quarterback. Uh, in Buffalo, it's weird though because like playing in the elements doesn't suit him at all. Like like you mentioned, the offense doesn't suit him. Like. I know he he's kind of in that Barkley mold, but if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'd rather have someone more in that Josh Allen mold, a guy with a, a Cole McDonald, and can, a Cole, <laughs> and can move. Yeah, like I I don't know. It was a weird pick. Maybe it was just because I it think was it was like just a, they must have had, like he was the best player, and they're like we can't not yeah. take him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it shocks me that big media thinks he's got a shot over Josh Allen because. They overrate Josh Allen like crazy too, so uh, that's 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 insane. I can't tell you how many podcasts I heard um, this past week that mentioned if Jake Fromm came out of his freshman year, there's no way he would have gone out of the first round, which isn't true at all. Yeah, I mean, like he would have went higher. He would have like, went higher, higher than... because of the, his problem is he he never got better. He was always the same level. He yeah. he would have gone higher for sure. But he's still like I don't like maybe the third round like he would have gone. I will. Yeah, um, like do you think if um, Jake Fromm had the full draft season to go in and meet teams and that would have helped him exactly. I think he still like that would have helped him too. Yeah. So like again, if it was a freshman Jake Fromm, you're probably right. He's like a third round pick. I think what did kill him was at the combine. That's kind of like the last time people saw him. It's bad taste. And he was between Justin Herbert. And um, well, I'm blanking. Jordan Love, Maybe. yes, and and just like he looked awful physically. Yeah, because so. he doesn't stack up with those yeah. guys. Anyway, sixth round, they get the best kicker in the draft, Tyler Bass. I told you guys I knew kickers, and AJ didn't. <laughs> Biggest leg, watch out, uh, Stephen Hoshka. Your job's on the Hosh- line, bro. Stephen Hoshka. Uh, one of the most underrated kickers in the he history of the NFL. He was bad the last two years. 
he has been bad the last two years. So his job is legit. In is he Japanese. a UFL and, champion? Sick. I love Stephen Hotchka. Uh, like one of the most accurate kickers ever. It's just, uh, yeah. I, he again, like he was really, really mediocre. No, he was fantastic in Seattle for sure. Yeah, he was, and he was great the first uh, first year two in years Buffalo. Or just one year, yeah, in Buffalo. Um, Tyler Bass. Like, honestly, the, the way we saw some of these other specialists go off, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm fine with this pick here. I think the, the, the leg talent suits kicking in the elements. Um, compete compete with Hoshka a bit. I'm, I'm cool with that. Especially when they did another like good sixth round and seventh round pick. I'm, I'm fine with this pick. I would never draft a kicker. Let that. I would draft a punter. I wouldn't draft a kicker. Um, I agree, but like it happens. So I just I just accept it. Okay. Yeah, when some guy who went after him ends up in the Hall of Fame, I'm going to hold you to that. Producer James, cut it. <laughs> cut me saying I accept it happening. Uh, and then they go back in the sixth round. They add Isaiah Hodgins, uh, receiver from Oregon State. I love the value here. I have him higher mm-hmm. than Gabriel Davis. Um, a guy who the lack of athleticism hurt him. Yeah. But I still think he's silky smooth uh can uh, like uh as a route runner considering how like he's six four i just think yeah. he he moved really well in and out of his breaks for a bigger guy uh, he's really nuanced um he he was one of the this is a random tidbit but i thought he was one of the better uh day three type of receivers or maybe even the best actually no james Prochet. um with using his head to manipulate things which i think is an yeah, underrated yeah. trait for a receiver yeah for sure and i mean I, I like this pick. This is again another bigger receiver for Josh Allen, developmental um, guy for them all day. Yeah, like yeah. he he remind me a lot of um, Josh Reynolds with the Rams. They have an interesting receiving core. and obviously Beasley, Diggs, and Brown are the big three. But then Davis, Hodgins, and I would guess Robert Foster is the the following three. Like it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. No, they've done a great job. Like a really like they, going from absolute shit two nuts. years ago yeah. to now having between free agency and the draft and and making a trade for Stefan Diggs. Like the yeah. the way they addressed it was really smart. Yeah, and we know the rest of that offense works. It's just well to an extent. It's just the no the zero threat of the like the deep field passing. It, I, I think like like they're gonna look better this year, and uh, it's all just on Josh Allen's shoulders. And I. I, I I don't know. Hopefully they make the playoffs a bunch of times. That's my hope for the Bills, Rob. I I hope so as well. And then the seventh round, one of my favorite guys, uh, Dane Jackson, the corner for Pitt. I thought really good fit. A guy yeah. who lacked athleticism but really nice technician. Uh, I just thought a good guy for McDermott to get his hands on and develop. Agreed. Uh, you think he makes the team? Yes, I do. I do too. I do too. I, I, I mean, I, when you look at it, like the only corners, I, I like. I don't think Josh Norman's a guarantee to make the team. Me neither. I would say Tre'Davious White, Teron Johnson, Levi Wallace are the only three for sure's. And Siren Neal, if you count him as a corner. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like they brought Gaines in, who's fine, but like, he yeah, he's I, always hurt. Yes, yeah. Like I I agree. I, if you're asking me right now, I would say Dane Jackson makes the team. All right, Miami Dolphins. Uh, what'd you give them? Uh, I gave them a soft B plus. Hey, I also did. And a lot of that came from them being able to draft to a fifth without, exactly. without giving yeah. up any capital. You get yeah. your franchise quarterback. You don't have to mortgage the future. You have a freaking onslaught of picks that maybe... they're For me, it was a lot of hit or miss the rest of the way. Yeah, I fully agree. Like, 
really like it was like I wanted to give them a B, but I gave them the the, the plus bump because they got two. Yeah, and didn't give anything up. That's also why I did that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, when you come away with your franchise quarterback who's a clear top ten player in the class, mm-hmm. who if he's healthy, everybody believes is going to be a franchise quarterback. That's the move to turn it all around. And you come back, and like you still have so much draft capital the rest of the way and next year to surround him with yeah. talent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and like you said, kind of hit or miss the rest of the way though. Uh, at eighteen, they got Austin Jackson. How do you? I think that was my like my least favorite of the like. There was a lot of picks that, like I said, hit or miss. That I think that was my biggest issue. The the Jackson pick, yes. Uh, I, I'm lower on the Noah I pick slightly. See, my my and much lower on the Raekwon Davis. Pick. My thing is, first of all, 18th. Yeah, like that. That. The, but we knew he was gonna go. Like, yes, but I'm not defending it. I'm just I know saying. I, I don't like the pick. I also don't love like with him. He is so not ready to play, and this mm-hmm. offensive line is in such shambles that they they went with the low floor, high ceiling guy over. Yeah. Guys who were higher floor, maybe not quit the ceiling, but even still, like Austin Jackson, it, there was so many times last year at USC where you could see what he should become, but it, it, like I mean, just watch him against Epinesa it, yeah. it, when they played Iowa on the Holiday Bowl, and he's just getting killed. And he, yeah, he's got this beautiful length, and he's a very great athlete, but he's he's just so young. First of all, yes. I really wanted him to go back. When I watched him, I thought if he goes back, he'll be a first-round pick if he develops correctly. And he's as I just I think worst case is he's thrown straight into the starting lineup. I think he's going to be though, and that's why I don't like the pick so much. Like it, that's what makes me dislike him going here. Like if he I, if no, he went fair. somewhere else where he wasn't getting thrown straight into the fire with a bunch of shitty offensive linemen around him, I wouldn't hate it as much. It's just this was like the worst case almost yeah the, like the, the shitty thing is like we always knew well not always but we kind of figured jackson would go in the first round and when you're drafting a tackle in the first round it's because 99 percent of the time you need one to start immediately yes so he he was always going to get thrown into the fire here and then yeah he got drafted by probably the worst line in I the league i so, also so. think it looks so much worse that ezra cleveland fell to 58 like i had ezra cleveland above austin jackson uh i did too yeah, and um, and I think they were similar in terms of the questions you had about them and the the big positives being their athleticism and what they could become. And one goes 18th, and the other goes what did I say like 58th? Yeah, something like that. So yeah, no, I I totally agree. Like I, again, I don't like this pick, but I I I'm not surprised by it. And with the Noah I pick, I also didn't love that, but it's less him being thrown in the fire. Yep. The, 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 I guess the main issues were well. First of all, I, I saw him more as a third round guy. Me too. He just doesn't have the ball skills, and he's not technically sound. Like you see what he could be, but I, I just don't think he would he would be a great fit for outside corner. Which brings me to at least with Miami, he's gonna be playing nickel. Yeah, I, I guess they just like these first two picks. Or sorry, the the two second uh, first round picks after two. It's just like they're trying to swing for the fence, like. These guys, if they hit, they're gonna hit big. Yo, yeah, for sure. And, and I think no, Noah I is gonna plug right in at nickel, which I think is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, their secondary is just like they have so many guys 
like yeah. an insane amount of people um, in general. They do. It's just it's a lot of players back there. It's gonna be interesting to see who ends up the week one starters, uh, other than um, Byron Jump Jones and Xavier Howard. Uh, yeah, but I, I do think there. Noah I is going to plug right in a nickel because I think that's the, like if you have Howard and Jones, you're taking Noah I because you believe he's going to plug right in at nickel. You have a plan for him. He's a he's a very physical tackler and explosive athlete. Yeah. So I think if you put him in there the right and, and use him the right way, he could be an interesting guy. I've really like my gut reaction that pick at first. I really didn't like it. I've come around on it a little bit more. It's again. It's just I think it was. They weren't going to get Jackson or Noah I later, obviously. They were going to go where they went. Um, and when they have a slew of picks, yeah. they can yeah. they can get safer guys later. Right? Yeah, and I think that is the way, if you look at it, that's how they attacked it. And speaking of safer, uh, yep. Robert Hunt with their first second round pick, and he's going to plug and play, I, I think, at right guard for them. Just a 100%. massive mauler, bring some edge to that, that offensive line. Um, and starting to like, look a little better... Potentially Jackson at left tackle, uh, Eric Flowers at left guard, <laughs> if, uh, uh, centers Michael Dieter, Ted Karras, then uh, Hunt at right guard, and probably Julian Davenport at right tackle. So yeah, yeah it didn't look as good a, a, as I said it. I started to dislike it, but yeah, Robert Hunt's the best. as a backup. Yeah, Robert Hunt's the best offensive lineman on this team already. <laughs> uh, you're. Probably right. So, and then also in the second round they go Raekwon Davis, and this is a way big overdraft. First of all, I'm not surprised he ended up going. Me neither. Actually, I'm kind of surprised he ended up going second round. I wouldn't have been the top 100. I kind of expected. I thought he was like 130 on my board, but he is safe in the way that he'll plug in at five tech and give them a solid run defender. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have much on pass rush, but he fills a need. I don't Just think trying to get it, that it, sophomore it, year out of him. But like that had so much more to do with who was around him. Oh, I do, I know. He's he's been not good since then. He's fine. he's been a good run defender, and that's what you're getting with him. Um, yeah. There. Yeah. I don't know. It was not a flashy pick. Third round, Brandon Jones. A little. I'm surprised he didn't because we both liked him. I didn't. I thought he might be a guy who ended up sliding a bit. He ends up going Me earlier too. than I expected, and I I really like the fit. Uh, super high IQ guy with big time instincts. One of the best tackling DBs in the class. And I think he's going to plug right in at safety for them. Uh, yeah, I fully agree. And but yeah, I, I thought he was going to slide into the mid fourth like kind of easily. They they and clearly it, just want to have an elite secondary. The way that with the money they spent in free agency and the draft yeah. capital they spent. Yeah, it, it's smart. And again, like when you're kind of uh, trying to get the boom from no eye, uh, I know it's a little, maybe a little early for Brandon Jones, but that's a safe guy. And then the rest of the way they went, um, Solomon Kindley in the fourth, Jason Strobridge in the fifth, Curtis Weaver in the fifth, long snapper Blake Ferguson in the sixth, and Navy quarterback slash running back Malcolm Perry in the seventh. <laughs> I think my favorite pick there is obviously Curtis Weaver. 100%. I, I like the Strobridge pick, uh, pick. That two, was a though. solid pick. Gives you a guy who can play inside outside. I, I'm yeah. guessing he's gonna just they, they're gonna develop him as a five tech, which I kind of think is the best way to use him because he's not mm-hmm. like a big time twitchy athlete. He's got some decently heavy hands. Um, he's got some length to him too, and I just think he 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 was playing interior when he was too small, and he yeah. I think he's just not athletic not enough to be a true edge. So I think five techs his money spot. Yeah, no, I agree, and. uh I'm still surprised Weaver fell this far. I I, I know it's the he's, body thing. 
yeah, it's the funny thing, and he's not the greatest athlete, but uh, he's a damn good football player. I, I, again, it, remember when we saw the first round uh, mocks like in like February with Curtis Weaver? Um, he he's at least gonna give him a situational pass rusher, I think. Just be mm-hmm. so good with his hands, and uh, it's gonna be they're they just again like they're but the I can't wait to see what their starting lineup is. Like obviously they paid Kyle Van Noy, they they paid um, Emmanuel Ogba, um, they uh, they paid Shaq Lawson. Like the amount yeah. of it's just such a weird grouping on defense. They have a lot of just a lot of players. Hey, it's uh it's good for them because they didn't have too many last year. No. It's, Malcolm Perry is also just a super fun pick, so I was happy about that. Yeah, fuck yeah, that's cool. Um, I know it's way too early, but if you're just to guess, how many wins for this Dolphins team this year? I don't know because I don't know if two is going to be a starter. Five. Okay, fair enough. Six. <laughs> I don't know. I'll say six just because I'm. The that Patriots right. didn't draft a quarterback. What? So, what draft grade did you give them? No quarterback, traded out of the first round. It's a very, okay. very Belichick draft. Yeah, I mean, this draft started hot. I loved it, and then it fucking went to shit, in my opinion. You don't like uh, racist? I don't like racist. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's an F pick there, Rob. Um, <laughs> Why he's still on the roster? At, at one fifty nine, I, I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, I give them a. I kind of want to drop it. I give them a B minus, but the, I also the picks, did. You should keep copying me. That. <laughs> The picks I liked, I liked a lot. Yeah. That was my issue with this. The, the first three picks I loved. Me the too. next three I hated. Me too. I like the on when you pick a yeah, lot. I think that was a sneaky good pick. Um, Me too. I think he's going to be good there. Obviously, like I said, they traded out of the first round. They they take Kyle Duggar 37th. I, I know some people don't love it because he's a little older. He's coming from Lenoir Ryan. But I think he, he's the exact type of player to plug into Pat Chung's spot mm-hmm. with so much more upside for his athleticism. Yes. He's also, like, I wonder if they'll let him return punts. I kind of hope so. I think they might, to be honest. I think that'd be really cool. I think there's also a chance they're going to use him as, uh, like, because it's not like Pat Chung's washed. I think there's a, a chance to, like, use Duggar in, like, a linebacker. I just think he makes the whole defense so much more versatile, which is Me too. what New England always wants on defense, versatility to play multiple uh, multiple bases and um, just I don't know. I like Kyle Duggar a lot. I thought he, he he's a perfect tight end matchup guy. He can match up with slots. He played corner as well at Lamar Ryan. He's six one two twenty and just an elite athlete. Hey, that was the theme of their draft: uh, stopping the tight end and using the tight end. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, no, I I fully agree. And like, yeah, I, I didn't think he was the best. Safety, where you expect, um, but I I think the landing spot for him is just absolutely perfect. And with Duggar, we saw him kind of dogging it a bit at times, and him going to, like I, I don't think that's like an effort issue. I think that was like a level of play issue. For yeah, Duggar. he he blatantly stood out on tape as just being so much big, like like he's big, but he's not like real ridiculously large. Like he's not Jeremy yeah. Chin large, but. It, just because of the players around him, he stood out <laughs> so much for how large and fast he was. Exactly. So, like, when he turned it on, he, he, he dominated. Yeah. Like, I mean, watch some of his punt returns. They're electric. So, yeah. So, I think him going to New England and being under Bill Belichick, I think yeah. that's perfect for me, him. Me too. And then, I I, I really like their, their next second round pick and the following pick in the third round. They lose Kyle Van Noy. They lose Jamie Collins of free agency. 
So then they address that with two kind of hybrid-y guys in Josh Uche mm-hmm. from Michigan and Anthony Jennings from Alabama. Um, Uche is a fan favorite of this podcast. Yep. Explosive, versatile defensive weapon who embraces not just being a true edge, who's just he is, he like he can cover. He did it at Michigan. They moved yeah. him around. He plays special teams. Like this must like he must have been Belichick's favorite player in the draft. And I think um, this is just the ideal spot. He'll play day one. Uh, yeah. And Anthony Jennings is. He he's weird because he's not a great athlete. He and he he's a just a violent handed, um, really good edge setter in the run game. High IQ football player. Nick here. Saban approved. I think yeah. both of them are gonna have roles early. Me too. I, I like. I think yeah. I totally agree. Like Uchi's like playing a lot early. I think Anthony Jennings is gonna turn into like that classic Bill Belichick fan favorite yeah. type of guy. Yeah, oh, 100%. And, like, with Uche, I, I, I wonder how they'll deploy him because he's such a good pass rusher that I think, like, we will see him pass rush more than we saw Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins. Agreed, yeah. And then... So, and, those, those first three picks, just... I love them all. Yeah, and they filled... Well, maybe not... Duggar wasn't, like... Safety wasn't a massive need, but it wasn't, like, deep, like I mean, it wasn't not a need. Um, and then just to add those two guys who are perfect fits at with like I said, Collins and Van Noygon, big needs. And then after that, it just went to shit. They they kept going with needs, but uh, <laughs> oh brother, back to back tight ends in Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene with their second, uh, uh, yeah, with their second and third third round picks. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't high. And this high on either of them. Uh, I, I, as he was like a fifth round guy for me. Keen, I was like a priority free agent. Um, I, the NFL so like loves Assy Assy though. I will say. Yeah. That. So like, it's just we were not on the Assy Assy train. Uh, I think I had like a six on him. Like you like some of the things on tape, and he's like he's fine size and he's a decent ass. I, I don't. I don't think he was worth the top one hundred pick, but we heard he was gonna go earlier than we expected so i can uh, i'll i'll let them have this one rob but I, i'm not gonna let them have dalton keen keen is the move tight end for them explosive athlete but it just it didn't show up on tape at vautech no. i thought he was better fit to almost be what josiah deguara is supposed to be but yeah. i mean he went 94th so who knows what the fuck's happening they're gonna get him, bro. Yeah, apparently they probably loved him, um, and, and I thought like, yeah. So I, I guess that's the idea here. Is Asiasi's their Gronk, Keen's there, and Hernandez, and uh, good luck to them because neither of them were nearly as impressive on tape as either of those two. Like no, like Gronk and Hernandez, when healthy in college, were both dominant players. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very much so. Um. But hey, Asi Asi's got another. Uh, he was a Michigan transfer. That's another link there to Michigan that we saw a lot in this draft. So. I think. I think. Um, I, I do like. I think Asi Asi because this is a good fit for him. I do think, like you said, like he'll he'll probably end up being a decent player for them. I just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They might have some weird plans with Keen. And then they drafted a kicker who's just not a good person and is. I seems like he's lying a lot about his tattoos, and uh, I'm surprised he's still on the roster. Uh, and then. On Wanu, is that how you said? I love this pick. Yeah, it's a money pick. That's a great swing guard type of player for them. Yeah, I was a. I think I was. I was 
a lot higher than a lot of people on on uh, on Wenyu. Big old massive body. Uh, like obviously not a great athlete, but it's hard to get around him. I think he's gonna be a good player. Yeah, and then more O line depth. Uh, Justin Heron, Dustin Woodard, Fine with that and, pick. and then Cash yeah. Malua is just I, I I I think that was specifically for special teams. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then the Jets. The Jets. I think the Jets won the AFC East uh, draft classes. Agreed. I mean. I uh, kind of well. There's only one pick I hate, and I uh, I like the other picks or love the other picks a lot. Rob, uh, oh my god, my bed just fell. <laughs> I uh, I gave them an A, Rob. I also gave them an A. They started what? they started off. Uh, Joe Douglas, we've mentioned many times, wants to get this offensive line better. So they 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 go and get the highest upside offensive tackle available in Mackay Becton, and he's gonna plug right in at left tackle. He's wearing the double seven. It's gonna be sick. It uh, gives them the, the the alpha up front who's going to throw people out of the club, be Sam Darnold, bouncer. I love it. I Again, I thought the first pick should have been tackle, so I love that they came up with Bacton. Uh I know some people say wide receiver, but then they came back at 59 and got uh, one of the best receivers and a guy that slid a bit. So when you put those two together and getting Denzel Not even, 59. Oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say his name. <laughs> I I love that like that like it just makes both picks better. Yeah, I think Mims is a like a great fit. I think he's gonna be Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's gonna love him. Sh- you would way time. you would way rather come away with Beckton and Mims than Worfs and whatever receiver was available at fifty. Or wait, I said that wrong. I said that way <laughs> wrong. Then Lamb and whatever tackle was available at fifty nine because like Ezra Cleveland want to pick ahead of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next tackle that went off was uh, Josh Jones at seventy-two. Okay, well, I so. Josh Jones slid funny, but hey, look, come on. Um, but yeah, with Mims, it gives you that X receiver that your offense needs on the outside, who's a fantastic mm-hmm. um, ball tracker, elite body control. He he's a oh he's wearing number eleven. I like that. That's cool. Um, do you, you need him on the outside? Like Jameson Crowder's set in the slot. This receiver core is not done being built, no. but you at least have like between Mims, Perriman, and in um, uh, wow, James Crowder. Thank you. It gives you three guys who at least kind of complement each other well. Perriman being a true deep threat, Crowder being the the route runner under the slot, and then Mims being the contested catch guy. It's not great, but it's better. Yeah, and Crowder had a better year than I think a lot of people give him cre- credit for last year. So and did I, I think so did Perriman. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think Perriman's a long term answer there. No, no, this is like between a, Mims and Crowder. That's and that's then good. They, like they're gonna have to address it next off season as well. But it's nice yeah. that they got the star left tackle and like the offensive lines not being done built. Wow, I can't speak today. Is not done being <laughs> built yet either. Mm-hmm. So, hey, but they, they, they these are nice places to start. And then in the third round, uh, I think they got two starters. Safety Me Ashton too. Davis from Cal and edge rusher Jabari Zaniga from Edge filling both needs for them. And uh, Davis is an elite single high type of player. Um, mm-hmm. Had he not been injured for the senior bowl and the combine and the pro days weren't canceled, like I think he would have gone much higher. He's an elite mm-hmm. athlete. He's the perfect guy to have up top with Jamal Adams down low. Uh, absolutely, that's a such a great tandem. And I mean, uh, yeah, I agree. If he wasn't hurt and uh, just circumstances weren't how they were, like 
Uh, th- I think there was no way he was getting out of the second, and I think he was probably going to go top 50. Mm-hmm. And then with uh, Zaniga, you get a guy who's just, I think, a really high-floor guy, and that's what they need at mm-hmm. edge because they just have nothing. And a guy who high high motor, can play a little inside, really heavy hands, decent pass rush repertoire. I, I, like, I think I trust him more than any other edge on the roster. <laughs> oh, like, and it's not close. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you still have your Terrell Basham uh, stock? <laughs> yeah. Like, I got, I got a lot. Their starting edges are going to be Jabari Zaniga and um, Jordan Jenkins for sure. Like, sick. Like, it's a bad group. But that, that's a great pick there. I, I think that's, like, perfect value for him. So, uh, I love that. Me too. And then, fourth round. Uh, LaMichael Piron, James Morgan, and Cameron Clark. Piron gives you just a safe, steady running mm-hmm. back who can do a bunch of different things behind Lev Bell. Uh, what's James Morgan give you? I hate this pick. I don't understand this pick. Me neither. Um, he, he... It's funny that... Obviously, Jalen Hurts was the only day two quarterback, and the only fourth round quarterbacks were Easton and James Morgan. But we kind of had heard... Like, I know James Morgan has his fans on draft Twitter... Yep. Big arm. We kind of heard that the NFL liked him. We'd heard it for a little while. So it, I don't think I was surprised he went in the fourth round, but I was surprised they, they, the they needed a backup, though. And if that's the guy they like, like, yeah. who else? Like, Jake Fromm is the other option. Morgan's got a higher ceiling than Jake Fromm, obviously, a much lower <laughs> floor. But I don't know. I'm just surprised James Morgan goes in the fourth round and Anthony Gordon goes undrafted. But congrats to your Seahawks. Thank you, Rob. Uh, I agree with you. I don't like this pick. I just get a vet backup. I, I, I don't. I, I, I don't think know. that's a good take. Um, I, again, I wasn't. I wasn't a big James Morgan fan either. So I don't think he's worth this pick. And I think it was a weird team to pick him. So, anyways. Uh, and then Cameron Clark also in the fourth round. I think that's a money pick and a guy who could potentially find a starting job at guard for this team. Is what I think. I like Cameron Clark, and he he plays mean. And I yeah, want I them to kick him inside, though. I'm worried they won't. <laughs> I'm like, but my my, I, I, my worry being that if they don't, he won't see the field. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. I think he's fine at tackle. Um, but yeah, for them, the, the, kick him inside and he starts. In my opinion, is it? I mean, I think he's got a higher floor than Chuma Yoga. Yeah, no, Chuma Yoga's got a higher ceiling for sure. I like a Doga. Um, yeah, I, I do too. Like, like his feet and. Like his potential as a pass protector at right tackle is really interesting, opposite Makai Backton. But I mean, they signed George Fant too, and you got to the yeah. money they give him. You got to think they expect Fant to start at right tackle. Oh, he's he's tight end one, Rob. Good point. Um, <laughs> and then the fifth round, Bryce Hall Love fell because of medicals. They badly needed a corner. Yeah, he's press technician with elite ball skills uh again another guy who i wouldn't be surprised seeing they trade for quincy wilson too just and like brought him pure to ear um but i wouldn't be surprised to see brace hall playing some major snaps as a rookie with that corner group me neither um and yeah like you see i think he's friendly in the competition with those two guys for major snaps i agree and then Braden man in the six i i'm for drafting punters you get you need a punter Go get, yeah. go get the best punter in the draft. He is, I think that's awesome. I fully agree. They, like, again, other than the James Morgan pick, this was a pretty perfect draft. Yeah, no, Joe Douglas looks like he he knows what, he, knows what he's doing to some extent, at least. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's jump to the NFC East, where, uh, I mean, the GMs here seem like they, like, Jerry Jones knew what he's doing. Shocking, 
But, uh, maybe maybe the key was Jerry Jones needed to be alone in a room drinking. <laughs> and then just taking guys from big schools in the in the first three rounds. And then yeah. and then I don't know and then just I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm impressed. Drafting yeah. from the state of Oklahoma, I think was key for Jerry. Yes, I would say so. Uh, and then yeah, and then sticking to other big schools, and then getting your next Tony Romo. I I do think um, it's worth noting that uh, Will McC- McClay has a huge role th- like in the Cowboys front office, and he might not actually have the GM title, but he's like probably actually their GM. And I think he had a whole lot to do with this draft. Uh yeah, fair enough. Um, anyways, seventeen Lamb we talked about. Oh, this okay, I was trying to take to talk about Will McClay, and it's just trying to. Okay. It's uh, CD's the star here, not Will McClay. Come on. What? Wait, you're talking about Jerry Jones? We can't give credit to Will McClay? Yeah, that's fine. I'm, okay, you seem racist. CD Lamb, 17th what? overall, was a money pick. Yes, and we've talked about it. Chason was there. They had their uh, their two guys. Um, I, I fully agree. Don't pass up on Lamb. This receiver core is awesome now. Although Jerry's uh, making him wear 88. Wasn't his choice. Ten is a better number. Uh, I agree. No but doubt. When you're when you're the, when you're a Cowboys wide receiver, you gotta wear 88. But it, it also would have been even more aesthetically pleasing to see him in ten because Gallup and Cooper are both in the teens. I agree, and I think just him he suits a, a ten better than an 88. Like it's just the way he plays. It, it would have yeah. Doesn't matter though. Eighty eight, it's cool. Is Amari I'm Cooper happy. mad that Jerry didn't make him wear eighty eight? <laughs> he doesn't suit it either though. I know. Michael Gallup kinda of does. <laughs> yeah, slap it on Gallup. Um so anyways, that's a uh, we talked about that pick a lot. It's home run. Home run. Uh Diggs, you like you mentioned last time, they could have picked him at seventeen. They didn't, they waited till fifty one. Uh, I had him in the 50s. You're a little bit lower on him, but I, I think this is right where he should have been picked, and I'm not surprised he did. Big need, big upside. It's a uh, good pick. Good value considering where I think the NFL viewed him too. Yeah. Like like you mentioned, the Cowboys. Jerry, if if someone took Lamb, Jerry was taking Diggs, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they would have thought between Chason and Diggs. I, I still think they would have went Chason, but... Or I hope, at least. But, yeah, then you get him at 51. Like you said, need uh, his upside ball skills. I think it's a good pick. They have, and then, they have a fun secondary. They do. And then, especially, like, like you should have kept Byron Jones at all costs. Maybe, I don't know. But maybe not. He got paid so much. But Diggs, Diggs comes in, and that's good. And then, yeah, they got another player that I love later. So, anyways, Gallimore at 82. That's another slam dunk. I think he should have firmly been a second-round pick. I think we both feel that way. Um, another need, another he, guy that fits in so perfectly, and get, doesn't have to play right away, so he can develop a bit. Could be yeah. more rotational early on to get the most out of him. Um, gets to learn from Gerald McCoy. Yep. Um, I no, I think that I love it. Other than he's wearing seventy five, uh, and, and like God, the fact that they could get him in the third round, but last year they took Tristan Hill in the <laughs> second. That's fine. Like that's crazy to me. I still can't it, believe Tristan Hill went in the second round. Such a, it's crazy how much better this draft was than last. In general, year. yeah, no, there's so much talent. Uh, but yeah, Gall- Gallimore, money, and then the fourth round, two more. I think money picks. Reggie Dude. Robinson, one of our favorite small school, small well, small school, small spooky, <laughs> small school defenders out of Tulsa. 
really high upside pick with his length and his explosiveness yes. and ball skills. Like if you watched against Oklahoma State, like he showed up. He's a guy who gets to develop um, behind Trevon Diggs too. And then Biotish is two years ago would have been a first round pick. <laughs> uh, he, does he start at center this year? I I think it depends if they shift Connor McGovern to center. I think that's the competition, right? Uh, like right now, if you're to ask me, I think that's yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Unless they want McGovern starting, like okay, Biotish, McGovern, and William Connor Williams are are competing for those three guys competing for those two spots is what I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I Joe think. Looney's like the insurance for both spots. Yes, <laughs> very much. Um, but yeah, in the fourth round, uh, I love that you come up with it. And again, yeah. you obviously needed the position. He's flashed being way better than the 146 player in, the, in any draft. He just um, needs to get healthy. He's really high IQ guy. He needs he needs to get stronger too. Like the way to beat him is power. When you get a one on one pass rush with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I, 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 I'm as far as watching interior offensive line starting battles go, like the Cowboys, that's gonna be one of the more interesting ones. I mean, the one thing they have done well is draft. Offensive lineman. Yeah, no, Maybe. for sure. Jerry knows what he's doing. He does, yeah. Uh, and then fifth round, Bradley and I, another guy who slid and they took advantage of it. Yeah. And he lands in a spot where the expectations aren't super high. He won't be thrust into a starting role or anything. He yep. is not a great athlete, but he's a high-motor player with really good hands and potentially finds himself in a... I can't believe how good this draft is. The fact that he fell this far... And Tristan Hill went in the second round. Um, <laughs> and, and, like, he, he potentially carves out a situational pass rusher role early in his career. Yeah, exactly. And, like like you said, just kind of a safe guy, high high effort, high motor. I think he's, like, just exactly what they needed. Just I wonder uh, who's going to start opposite Tank Lawrence when you look at the group. Uh, I mean, I don't know. The safe bet is they just play Tyron Crawford there. Crawford, has, and, and, yeah, I... I but I like on passing happens. downs, like I would like maybe we see Bradley and I carve it a roll to come in and I edge on passing downs. Hey, don't Gallimore, forget Joe Jackson, baby. That's true. And they have Gallimore and Gerald McCoy on the inside. They uh, they did a pretty good job. I without spending any money or big time draft capital. And they got Ben Denucci. Yeah, Ben Denucci. That's my favorite <laughs> pick. Ben Denucci. His tape's really fun. Uh, he's also wearing number one, which is swag. He's my favorite quarterback in the league. Uh, you know what's weird though? I feel like they could have got him UDFA, right? No, no, no way. Like, <laughs> Tommy Stevens got drafted. I don't know anything anymore. Dude, that's, that's I read a, I read this weird article in the Athletic all about the the maneuvers the Saints had to make to draft Tommy Stevens. Like, a, why is that? Like, like Sean Payton was obsessed with getting him. Like, because the Panthers had agreed to a deal with him. Yeah. I saw that, and, and they the Saints were trying to convince him to agree with them, and they were like, "No, we're not going back on our word," which I respect. And and like he had, he knows Joe Brady because uh, Joe Brady was at Penn State, whatever. And then uh, and then Sean Payton got like a, the way it read was like Sean Payton got really obsessed with beating Joe Brady for Tommy Stevens and made the Saints trade back in for him. Realistically, there should be no. Ink use talking about Tommy Stevens, <laughs> but here we are, Rob. Uh, anyways, uh, did we see our draft grade for the Cowboys? Uh, I gave them an A plus. I don't think we did. 
I give. I also okay. I wanted to give them an A, but I give them an A plus because they're my favorite draft I, class. I give them an A plus because Ben Danucci. I had an A <laughs> and then they got Ben Danucci. Uh, no, I I only gave it two A pluses in the entire draft, and one was an NFC and being the Cowboys. And you'll find out my AFC next week. Can, oh, okay. So it's one of four it's teams. Call the T's. Sick. Uh, New York Giants. Surprisingly, both the New York okay. squads put it together. Less surprising that the Jets did it because Joe Douglas, like, at least has some respect. I don't know what happened. Like, Dave Gettleman pulled it off. I, I totally forgot I wanted to do this, but I wanted to go back and look through the annals of history and see how many times uh, both giant, uh, both New York teams had a good draft. I don't think it would be very often. How many times did either of them have a good draft? Like that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't talked about it too much, but uh, the Andrew Thomas pick at four. Uh, how how are we feeling now? I think uh, we, like we we well, we, we said it last week. I think that we thought he's the safest guy, highest floor yep. guy. Doesn't yep. have the same ceiling as the other guys, but he's the most ready. I think to plug and play as a true left tackle, and I think that's why they did it. Um, he, he was the purest left tackle. Yeah, like he's the guy who. I mean, he's also the only one. Like, well, I guess Becton this past year, but like Wills and Worfs were obviously right tackles. Yeah. And now, like, we, we try to talk about how that bias doesn't shouldn't play into it anymore, but it certainly still does. Um, yeah. But I do think, like, when you look at him, his combination of how stupid long his arms are and yeah, how. Got, got slapped on this year. Yep. Yeah, and how clean his feet are. It just, you, you see that and you're like, this guy, this guy is all the makings to plug and play as a left tackle. Yeah, he feels like a decade-plus-long starter there. Yeah, like maybe he doesn't reach the highs of the other three guys. Yeah. Um, but he's. I think he was the safest bet, and I think that's why they did it. Uh, I was also uh, reading some scout quotes, and apparently like, the NFL just viewed him as tackle one the entire time. Which is so funny, the way the media all spins. I, yeah. I remember like us in October saying Andrew Thomas would be the first non-quarterback offensive yeah. player off the board. Yeah. And then we didn't, you know, we stopped saying it after November, but uh, we were right. So, so that's a win for us. Were we see with just the amount of stuff we say, we're always right. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You said, you said, you said, you said twelve months months ago, Ben Danucci would get drafted. Yep, pick two in the two twenties, two thirty one. But oh fuck, see, I was wrong. Yeah, but but I said on a different episode he'd go in the two thirties. True, Uh, and then they they in the second round with a. Not a glaring need at safety, but certainly a need. Uh, they get they get Xavier McKinney. He falls all the way to 36. They cash in. Um, and he gives them a steady force in the secondary. You can move around a little bit. I think interesting compliment to Jabril Peppers. Gives them yeah. a high IQ guy with elite instincts. Uh, I love it. Me too. I Again, I think we both thought he was better than the 3-6 pick in the draft. Uh, yeah, seeing them use McKinney and Jabril together is gonna be really interesting. And like, just all the all the young DBs. They yeah, they've the invested. They've invested, and they they paid James Bradbury. Uh, yeah. and, and no, it's gonna be interesting. And then in the third round, this I think this is the pick. Maybe if we're just so high on Matt Pert that yeah. we like not that like I think most people thought this was kind of his range. But I thought this was a fucking money pick. Me too. Um, I I see. I I mean, he's going to develop, and he uh, also doesn't have to play because Nate Solder's yeah. still there. Yeah, like honestly, I would have been fine playing him early on in his career too. 
Uh, but you're, you that... feel you're more comfortable that you're not, right? Yeah, of course. Sure. Well, of course. But I, I would have been fine with it. And, he's a, he's yeah. another guy who, just because this tackle class was so ridiculous, like yeah. his arms are stupid long. He tested really well. On tape, he's not like technically sound, but he's such a mauler. Yeah, very much. Like so. I just, I think most years a guy like this goes in the second round. Yeah, he he totally feels like a guy that gets pushed up. And I mean, I'm again, we're both super high on him. So even if he went early second, like really, like in most drafts, I think he could easily bend the first one of the first five picks off the board in the second round. Yeah, well, I mean, I was, I was going to say, Isaiah Wilson went 29th. I had Matt Pert much higher. Yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah. I, I, but anyways, we, we, we kind of saw that coming. And yeah, I agreed. Fourth round, they go Darnay Holmes. And, and it's just when you look at the draft, it's a lot of really high floor guys yep. who play with some edge. And, like, I yep. mean, Dar- Darnay Holmes, the definition of alpha dog, one of the top trash talkers in the class – Going and just again adds another fun young piece to this secondary. I think he's their day one nickel. It's like yeah, they uh, have a weird fun group of nickels, but I think he's the day one nickel. They they do. I love Grant Haley still, but yeah, it's they've spent a lot. Like like obviously a uh, a uh, Baker as a first round pick last year. Sam Beal in the supplemental draft, third round so, guy. That was a bad pick. Yeah, it was <laughs> Julian Love. What was he fourth round last year? I think so. Yeah, so they've spent a lot of, and, and he's another nickel too. That's Remember they trade so for Sean Golden, who I think is also a nickel. He is a nickel. So just seeing how this secondary shapes out is going to be really interesting. But uh, at least they got a lot of uh, f- uh, fun young players. And then fifth round, they get some guard depth. Shane Lemieux uh, gives them a swing guard behind Hernandez and Zietler. Just a, a, a guy who I thought was an early fourth type guy. And they get him mm-hmm. 150. That's a nice value. Yeah. Um, another just guy who plays with edge. Yeah, I, I think like the three guys they added on the offensive line, I think they're going to be in New York for a long time if they keep them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then they draft a bunch of linebackers. Uh, Cam, Cam Brown in the sixth, Carter Coughlin in the seventh, TJ Brunson in the seventh. Uh, they, they draft Chris Williamson, who I think is a nickel linebacker, and then Tate Crowder in the seventh. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, they love... They love their linebackers. I, I like the Cam Brown pick. I like the Carter Coughlin pick. I don't think uh, Brunson or Crowder make this team. I like the Williamson pick. Just another versatile defensive back for your secondary. Like I said, I think he, he's more of a nickel linebacker type. Um, and then Brown and Coughlin just gives you – you're betting on the athletic upside. Mm-hmm. I think both – like I think Coughlin could be a special teams terror, and we got to remember Joe Judge is a special teams guy. There you go. Um they have so many freaking linebackers now. Uh, and, and Cam Brown's just a really long, smooth, developmental guy. I don't know. It's a, it's This draft made the Giants so much more interesting to me. Yeah, me too. They they were Like, I know the Daniel Jones start was interesting-ish, but they, they got a, a lot more fun. Um, did, did we give their grades? Did we both say A? Uh, no, but I, I... Did we? I don't know. I do have an A for them. I have an so. A. There you go. Okay, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, shocked the world. But before they did that, they took Jalen Rager 21st overall. I know some Eagles fans were really sold on Justin Jefferson. I had Jefferson over Rager. Me too. But I have Rager just slightly behind him. I get it. They want that deep speed. Um, it makes a lot of sense. A guy who played more outside than Jefferson, even though he's a little smaller. Yep. Uh, a really good yak player and arguably the best return man in the draft. 
I'm I'm like again. Uh, I think Jefferson was 15th for me. I was high on him, but Rager was 20 on my board. Yeah, so, like, I think I had them 18 and 21. There you go. So I mean, uh, again, I did love Justin Jefferson, but in terms of fit, Rager is clearly exactly what they wanted. So yeah. I, I love this pick. I again, like you said, they just wanted to get faster at receiver. I mean, just look at how they operated the entire draft. I love it. To be honest, we saw that receiver group just be a, a disaster last year. So I I love how they attacked it and. I mean, we'll get to the other two later, but a great pick here for me. And I think the Jalen Hurts pick in the second round kind of really, like, well, by the way, I give him a B. I don't know if I said that. I, I no, but you didn't. I also give him a B. Maybe we'll change it to a B minus. We'll talk through this. Um, I think that the, if you look at the draft as a whole, it, it, I think it's a very solid draft. The Jalen Hurts pick triggered so many Eagles fans that they just, like, threw the draft class at the window. Um, How do you feel about the Hurts pick? I don't. Like, I get what they were going for, but I don't think that's how you upgrade a football team. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was harsh. I like it. Yeah, okay. Um, and I love Jalen Hurts, and I think he's a developmental yeah. starter, but this doesn't, like, and I get Carson Wentz has the injury history, and you guys had the backup win the Super Bowl, but, like, you can't plan, a, build a football team over the idea that your franchise quarterback's going to get hurt and the backup needs to lead you to a Super Bowl. Like That was a once-in-a-lifetime type situation. I think yeah. with a 53rd overall pick, when you've got holes yeah. like and you're in a Super Bowl window, you don't... You don't um, draft a backup quarterback and like I don't think he's Taysom Hill I think he's a much more real quarterback than Taysom Hill and much less of uh, a slash type of player like Jalen Hurts isn't playing special teams Jalen Hurts isn't like maybe he'll have some sub packages but like he's not playing wide receiver like when he's in he's playing quarterback I 100% agree I do not like this pick and it's Um, not because of Hurts like I think no. He was very deserved of a day two pick. It's just I don't understand why it would be the Eagles. It should have been a team that had an aging starter who wanted to develop the future, but they do I, it. I just, feel bad for Jalen Hurts. Me, me too, but in terms of a coaching staff that can develop him, yeah. in four years when he hits free agency, that's going to be really interesting. No, that's that's very true. And I mean... Uh, I, I like Carson Wentz a lot, but you obviously cannot trust his injury history. So, um, if we see Hurts playing uh, more because of that, I like even maybe two years down the road they trade him and get some value. But like, I don't know. It's gonna be hard to even get recoup the fifty third pick. That's like, what I like. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's so bizarre. It, see, if this pick happened like in the third round, I would be a lot more okay with it. It's like okay, Hurts slid. They obviously have that history of needing a backup quarterback and foals with the magical run. So if he slipped a bit, I, I know that's maybe, I don't know, nitpicking, but it's uh, that I'd be okay with it in, in in the third and hated at 53. But I, I don't know. It doesn't, like you said, it's just not the way you build a franchise to bank on a backup quarterback and you're, I don't know. It's, and like like at 103 they got Davion Taylor who a pick I like but the the problem there is which it was like I, I had him in like the one teens so like it wasn't like a huge yeah. overdraft in my mind I think he's actually a really good fit for Jim Schwartz defense the problem I fully agree. the problem with him is he's gonna take time to develop and hit the field and their linebacker yeah. core is so bad that the linebacker they take is gonna be playing exactly yeah so like well I, I fully agree while I like the pick it just I would have liked if they came away with 
a linebacker that's going to be able to play this year. Um, like, even Akeem Davis-Gaither. Yeah. Who are actually, exactly. like, I, I don't know. I had him over Davion Taylor. Did you? I yeah, assume, I yeah. And, like, by, I think he's I think he's more ready. And I know that, it's, it, he, like, they're both kind of raw athletic guys. But Davion Taylor is, uh, I think, more raw. And he is. Played, he just played less football in general. It's a really fun fit, but I hope. He isn't forced to play right away, but it, like when you look at that linebacker core, he probably will be. Damian Taylor has a chance to be a very good linebacker, and like you said, perfect fit. I think they're going to de- uh, develop him well, but yeah, it's just throwing him into the fire early is not going to be great for him. Mm-hmm. So just like I, I know we got the rest of the draft to go, and I, they did well the rest of the way. But yeah, they no, I think I think they were money. That's just the the segment like hurts. Well, I mean that's clouding everybody. Uh, yeah. And then Davion Taylor was just like it, not that it was a big overdraft, just the it's it's a it's a strange kind of not even scheme fit just for him to develop there. Mm-hmm, exactly. But the fourth round, Kavon Wallace, I thought was a home run. He's agreed. Like he does a lot of the things uh, Malcolm Jenkins did. Like he's a great flats defender, an elite tackler. I thought like he's gonna be playing a lot of football really early on. Yeah. I think he's a really high floor player, and I think that's a money pick. And Jack Driscoll, I think, is another money pick. A guy who I hope kicks into guard and I think gives you a, uh, a swing guard at first and maybe even a potential uh, development developmental starter down the road. Yeah, I think they killed the fourth round too. Um, I, I think you're going to see Wallace pretty early on the field there. Yeah, no, I think on. he's starting week one. And yeah, yeah, no, f- very, very possible. And then, yeah, I like we both like Driscoll. I think in the fourth round, that's, that's great. So yeah, it's like... I don't know. It's just funny. The Hertz pick just clouds the whole. Thing. And then the fifth round, they have more sp- like they, yep. they. I mean, they trade for Marquise Goodwin. They draft John Hightower. They draft Quez Watkins and, and Jalen Rager. Hightower and Watkins are both just like pure deep threats with big speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Marquise Goodwin is as well. So they're just trying to get faster. I think that was a little strange to go Hightower and Watkins, but the value was there, so that's probably why they did it. It's gonna be, I like it. it. You're just hoping one of them hits, right? Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how this receiver course shakes out. J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, you might not have a job. Uh, and then, like, Sean Bradley was a special teams pick. Casey Hill, really athletic special teams pick. Prince Tigo Noga, though. I love it. I, I mean, he's still, he should have been higher than this, obviously. He's the medicals. I know, I know, but I still, I still think he should have went higher. Like, you're getting him at 210. Um, I, I still would have taken a risk on him higher, and obviously if he was healthy, he's he's much higher. But yeah, you get a, you know, Philly's such a good team for like having talented backup offensive linemen too, and we, we saw him come away with two of them here. Like that's 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 one thing they're great at is just always having like that next man up on the offensive line. Yeah, Howie Roseman knows how to build the trenches. Yeah, for for sure on both sides, Absolutely, right? Both sides, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that 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 defensive line is always fucking deep as hell. Too. Yeah. Like, so I again coming with Driscoll and then Prince Tego Winogo. If 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 he stays on the field, those are both just great picks. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, I gave Washington the Washingtons a B. I uh, I actually give him a B too. I it, fuck it. Uh, I think we've agreed, so I'm changing to a B minus. Okay. Chase Young, obviously home run pick, best player in the draft. Yeah cornerstone ron rivera gets to build his culture changing team around chase young i love that keep the i also love that he's from maryland keep him in state 
Yeah, it's absolutely it's it's a it's a home run all around. Let's let's talk the Gibson pick at sixty six, Rob. Where'd you have him on your board? I I wanted I forgot to ask I, you. I that. think I had him ninety nine. Okay, I had him early one hundreds. I'll double check. So like both so, of us late third type. Yeah, exactly. I so like a tad early. I mean, kind of yeah, around early for both of us. I don't ish. love. Well, I mean, yeah, a bit early. And I don't love it. Um. I'm interested in, they're using him as a running back. I'm interested to see how that, like, how the group comes about. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Thompson's gone, so maybe you're almost using him in an expanded Chris Thompson role with Darius Geis as your, and AP as your, like, interior runners. Yeah. Um, like, Antonio Gibson's a guy I want on my team. But I don't know if I um, want him at 66. I, exactly. I don't so know if I want he, him Because he's a boomer bust guy. Absolutely. And, yeah. like, it's, and I, it's funny because, like, where we had him, I, I was... Like I thought he was going to go in the fourth round, ish or late third, and to see him yeah, go this right. high, it's like no, I'm not so sure. Um, can I can I ask you a question, Rob? No. Okay. Yes. Why did Bryce Love go 112 last year? Fuck, I forgot about that. I don't know. Last year's draft sucked. That's what we learned today. <laughs> that's 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 nuts. Anyways, uh, so yeah, it's a it's a fun player. I, I a team that kind of you need a specific use... role for him. Yeah, that's see, that's my issue. I'm not sure they're gonna find the right role, but they they could use a guy, a gadgety guy. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. If okay, if they use him for ten touches, fifteen touches, including returns a game, like if he's catching five passes and getting like five to seven carries and returning a couple kicks, like I think that's money with Darius Geis as your bell cow. Yeah, like I think if Geis is healthy. Uh, I think that's the best way to use him. But if they're just going to use him as a true running back, like that's not how I'm using him. He's a if you look at it, how he his his running at Memphis was a lot of just outside big home runs because he yeah. was used so well by Norvell there. Absolutely. I, again, so uh, it's funny. It's like I don't like the pick because I think it's too early, and I, it's just kind of a weird pick from them. But uh, I do like it because I love the player. Which is funny, but I like the player a lot, and uh, they, they could use him really well. It's weird. And they traded Trent Williams to the 49ers, obviously. They came yeah. back and took Sadiq Charles from LSU. This is right around where I had Charles. Um, I was higher on him, but my, I think this is like where he should have went. My worry is, to me, he's very boomer bust, really good feet, really impressive tools to develop into a, a left I, tackle. But if he's thrown straight into the fire, I'm kind of worried. I wouldn't want him seeing the field in year one. Me neither. But like, look at the roster. Like, you want Jerron Christian seeing the field? In, like, you know what I mean? Like, another terrible pick. Yeah. And then uh, also in the fourth round, they take Antonio Gandy Golden. This is a little slightly earlier than where I had him, but it's interesting. They have a weird receiver core. Obviously, it's they not do. good outside of Terry McLaurin. Um, but there's some interesting guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're kind of you're assuming. Uh, McLaurin at the Z and AGG's fighting Kelvin Harmon for the X and Trey Quinn's mm-hmm. obviously starting this lot. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, it's weird that they didn't bring in... I guess they brought in Cody Latimer, but, like... Sick. Like, like, I mean, I, like, why weren't they a team who took a shot on Brashad Perriman? Actually, you know what's interesting? Uh, that just popped in my head. with uh, Going back to the Gibson pick, uh, they brought in Isaiah Wright as a UDFA, so maybe they have a role there in mind, you know? They, they must, right? I don't know. Because they signed Isaiah right? they have a role know. for Antonio Gibson. <laughs> Feels like a <laughs> like, stretch. Well, first of all, you know my feelings for Isaiah. I right? do, and I think he's an interesting kick return option. 
But I don't know if that means Antonio Gibson has the role ready. Maybe so they have leap an take. actual plan. I don't know. I just popped in my head. And yeah, I, I like AGG, but finding his role is going to be interesting too. That, that's kind of the thing. Like I like a lot, a lot of the guys they took, but if they're thrown right into the fire, like that's not great. Uh, and yeah. they took Keith Ishmael in the fifth. I think that's an okay. Like I think he's a it's career fine. backup. Like uh, yeah. I like the I, I, I like the Hudson pick a lot. I think that's a, a star special teamer in the like at minimum with the potential to see some uh, some a, a role in sub packages. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. To, another guy, just interesting to see how they deploy him. Well, yeah, they 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 list him as a linebacker, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cameron Cameron Curl is a I think another special teams type pick. Kind of rangy but good tackler. Yeah, um, not a ton of athletic upside. Uh, <laughs> James Smith Williams, another guy who just—he's he, such a weird guy. Like his career path. Like oh, at two twenty nine. No, it, I think it's it, smart. Like because it, it, you just bet on that impressive athleticism. Yeah, very much so. So yeah, I see. I, I I'm glad I changed it to a B minus. Yeah, I don't it's know. Like, As we talked about, I liked it a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, because like. Like we talked through, I like Antonio Gibson. I like Sadiq Charles. I like Antonio Gandy Golden. It's just not, a, yeah. And, and obviously, it's Chase Young. This so that, that's kind of why. Bad they, outside of unless like Dwayne Haskins really takes a leap. Yeah. But uh, even then, like this offensive line is going to be bad. The, the receivers outside of McLaurin aren't proven. Like Geis has as much as I love him hasn't proven anything. The tight end group's awful. It's basically yeah. an elite offensive line. And if, like, uh, maybe even an elite front seven if Ruben Foster's healthy. Yes. I mean, it's it's fair. It. Yeah, and just a bunch of developmental guys at DB. Thad Moss is going to make the team, though, so. I hope so. He's wearing 46. It's terrible. What is that? What number was Chris Cooley? 47. Oh, Kaliki Hudson's wearing 47. No way. I don't like John that. John Lynch 2.0, baby. They're gonna get a better number for Hudson. I hope. Are they giving Chase Young a number? Yeah, ninety nine. Uh, okay, well that's yeah, slam dunk. Yeah. Oh, Tim Settles on this team, so yes. Your boy. <laughs> See, the the front seven is is uh, terrific. Caleb Brantley it's, too. I forgot about Caleb. I like Caleb. Remember Caleb Brantley was gonna go in the first round? That was weird. Certainly <laughs> didn't. Remember when Jordan Brailford was gonna go in the first? Oh, I, I swear he was. Forgot about Jordan Brailford. He got a lot of uh, old Walter football first round mock picks. Remember when Brandon Faison, the Virginia Tech corner, was going to go in the first I, round? I do. I still like him, though. Yeah, we should we should save this, whatever this is right now, for if COVID cancels football. We'll just do episodes talking about guys who were supposed to go in the first round. <laughs> That's actually a good uh, show, I think. Yeah. Maybe not good, but it'd be, it'd be fun. For us. I don't really care about listening. Uh, so thanks for listening. Bye.